There's two kinds of people in the crypto world, hodlers and traders. If you're investing for the long term, well, I reckon you sit back and relax. You'll either make a lot of money or you'll lose it all. But if you got the stomach for the ups and downs of the crypto space, trade might be for you, I reckon. Today, we welcome crypto trader Josh Olsowicz to Bad Cryptopia. You'll learn what Ichimoku is, and you might even get hungry for some sushi. Regardless, you'll be glad you listened to this here episode number 162 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Travis, do you know what Ichimoku is? No, I don't, but I once had an itchy butthole. <laughs> and, it, and it wiped completely. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, we are bad. We're and off the rails immediately. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Off the rails and, and into your butthole. <laughs> you have an itchy butthole, you need to wipe better. Maybe get some That's, wipes. No, no, Ichimoku. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm just doing some trading here. I'm doing this itchy butthole trading. Really good. Pretty accurate. <laughs> what does the chart for itchy butthole look like? That's it's a big circle. <laughs> uh, it's the bad crypto podcast and uh, you might be wondering what you've just stepped into if you're a uh, if you're a subscriber and a follower then this is nothing new for you but if uh if this is the first time you've heard the show then uh, welcome we're glad you're here we are the crypto clowns we love going down the crypto rabbit hole and talking all things blockchain but uh we uh we're, we're a little irreverent and uh, like to talk about it in a way that uh, best suits us. So if you don't like it, um, you know, then maybe stick around a little bit longer because I think you will like it. Mm, off the rails with a crazy train, for sure. Mm. I'm Joel uh, Cobb. He's I'm Travis Joel. Wright. Yes. Yeah. I was going to introduce you because okay. you're a man who okay. needs an introduction. I do. Yo, you're a man who needs no introduction. I'm a man who does need an introduction. That's yeah. Good. Uh, between the two of us, we've got like, I don't know, four decades of technology and marketing experience and uh, we've written some books and um and now we're here talking crypto in, in fact we're just two dudes talking crypto two dudes talking crypto joel and travis are just two dudes talking crypto oh yeah and maybe mr travis right we should talk a little bit about our sponsor who's not itchy butthole two dudes talking itchy buttholes <laughs> Tell them about New Alchemy, why don't you? <laughs> yes, our sponsor for the month is New Alchemy. And by now you've heard of us talk about New Alchemy. We're very happy to have them as our sponsor for the show. Uh, they have a great team over there uh, that is that's really doing some top-notch stuff. And they are very well known within the industry for their end-to-end ICO services. So, and, if you- and so itchy butthole to itchy butthole? <laughs> Maybe. 
Maybe so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you should be making jokes during the sponsored reading of the message. <laughs> Joe.com. But uh, I'm pretty sure New Alchemy knew what they were getting into. So they develop ICOs for its clients by providing them great ICO services, business strategy, smart contract development, project management, token design, marketing services. They have led a ton of blockchain innovation for more than seven years. So they've also enabled $2.7 billion worth of tokenization projects. You can learn more uh, if you're thinking about doing an ICO. Check them out, newalchemy.io. Yeah, if you want to go to the moon or to Uranus. Mm, I guess that's the theme for the day. I'm afraid in the end it is. (laughs) And in the end. Uh, let's, Let's actually just stop that right there. And instead, let's talk a little bit about today's feature because Ichimoku is a thing and Josh Olswich is a super smart dude that is a professional trader. I think you guys are going to really glean a lot from this. And if you don't know what gleaning is, look it up uh, and let's get ready to glean. I so enjoy when we get people on the show that have been in cryptos for years. And when we're talking years here, we're talking about a guy who's been in crypto since 2013. He's a professional crypto trader. He is a crypto Twitter glitterati and Ichimoku master. I have no idea what the heck that (laughs) is. But he's a professional trader and an all-around Bitcoin brain box. His name is Joss Olzewicz. And Josh, welcome to the realm of bad crypto. Hey guys, thanks for having me. He's kind of he's in the corner a little bit, like not sure what to expect. No, uh, it's th- good. Thanks, I, I think. Gonna, I was going to ask him, yeah, way back in 2013, <laughs> back in the early days of get off my damn lawn. <laughs> but, it's, but it's so weird because it doesn't feel like it's been five years. Like I don't know where the time went, but mm, I know. Well, in my mind, how many, I could, ago, how many dips ago yeah, is that? Exactly. But in my mind, I can like parse out like, you know, this these events happened here, then there was this event. So like, that's how I live my life in like, Bitcoin drama. Anyway, all I know is it's been six weeks since you looked at me. That's all I know. What obscure song is that? Yeah, you're gonna bust out like nothing compares to you. 16 hours and 13 minutes, or whatever. (laughs) What are you even talking about? So, what is uh, what is Carpe Noctum? Is that like your Twitter name? Yeah, so I joined Twitter in 09, and um, it's Latin for Seize the Night. Yes, oh, Carpe Diem and Carpe Noctum. Very good. There you go. So most people are familiar with Carpe Diem because of like Dead Poet Society. It's a famous line in there. But yeah, so Carpe Noctum was from like a uh, t-shirt I ordered. And so I just sort of kept it. Very good. I saw it on a t-shirt. I'm more curious about what is an Ichimoku master? Are those like one of those Tagamichi things? Like those like pet? Tachigami. (laughs) Tachigami. (laughs) Pokemon. Yeah. What is it? Or he's like, no, it's like some rare martial art, and I'm going to kick your ass when I see you at a conference. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just it's a name of an indicator that was developed in Japan from a Japanese guy. That's why it's a weird, like you know, to Americans anyway. It's a weird sounding name. Was that given to you by Satoshi Nakamoto? (laughs) No, but it is kind of funny that they uh, coincide like that. You know, that uh, linguistic. Similarity. Yeah, Satoshi Ichimoku is his uh, evil twin. There you go. That's why I, originally I was Satoshi Moku, 
because it's like Bitcoin, Ichimoku. Anyway. So as of yet, we've gone several minutes and have delivered absolutely no content. So we're off to a great start. <laughs> uh, why don't you uh, jump in and I'm tell entertained, us so. how, <laughs> yes, are you not entertained? How did you go down this crypto rabbit hole uh, in 2013? What got your attention and what happened? Sure. So I was in a desperate place, basically, with student loans, trying to figure out, like, how the hell am I going to pay these off? And uh, just looking for investment opportunities. And I stumbled across Bitcoin on Reddit. And one of my friends was into Litecoin and I just went down the rabbit hole from there. When I really pulled the trigger, though, was after the Senate hearing in 2013, when they sort of legitimized it. Yeah, at that before 2013, it was pretty much just for Silk Road. I mean, there were a few other things, but mainly like buying drugs in Silk Road. That was like the use case that was apparent at the time anyway. So after that, after the Senate hearing was like uh, when it went up to like a thousand, it was like 500 ish, I think during the Senate hearing. Um, and then like Thanksgiving 2013 was when it, it had its that huge run up to like 1100, 1200. Then it crashed down again, like kind of did like an 80% crash. It's done that in the past. It's like, it's only more painful when it goes up to 20,000 and then crashes down. But it's like the number, the math is still there. It's like, it's not unprecedented for Bitcoin to go up and Bitcoin to go down. So you've obviously seen a lot of things since, since 2013 and, and you're doing, you're doing more trading of the cryptos now. So maybe what was your journey from just beginning into the crypto and then starting to trade crypto? How, how long ago have you been doing that? Yeah, that was also hand in hand, really, since um, 2013. I don't really know how or why I got into it from that respect. I think because of the volatility and it's just so like encapsulating or captivating and like it's like the best TV show there is. I don't know. <laughs> it is interesting. It's engaging. Like you literally want to watch your block fall, especially when the, when it goes on a bull run. Everybody's a genius, right? So like, yeah. it's like you pick up your phone every three minutes. To, oh, what's block fall? Oh, I just lost 500. Oh, I just gained this. Oh, look at that. Like, it's hilarious, the volatile. And, but back in the day, it was way even more volatile. Sorry, were you doing stuff like technical analysis or day trade? Like what's your kind of your methodology for, for your background in trading? How do you, how do you view it? Yeah, so in 2013 to like 2015, I was trying to trade, but do it not doing so hot. Um, eventually, like it just clicks and like you start making money. But uh, yeah, even at that time, I was trying to trade, uh, even though I didn't know anything. Uh, but I knew enough not to like bet the farm on everything I was doing. So from that respect, that's really saved me from just losing everything and not being here today. So I really tell people. In the beginning, like you don't need to do these binary bets where you're all in on one idea from somebody on Twitter or whatever. Like, just take it slow, take 10% of what you have and play with that because otherwise you're just going to lose all your money. So, yeah, I was doing that a lot in 2013. Uh, I was just like connecting with the communities and trading uh, in Bitcoin on like TeamSpeak and Reddit. And yeah, I don't know, just sort of it became like a hobby that just became my life slowly over time. Crypto is eating my life. We can relate to that. Uh, Josh runs a, uh, a YouTube channel, Crypto and Technical Analysis, Building Your Trading Tool Belt. He's got 22,000 subscribers. It is under the username Carpe Noctum. And your featured video right there is the Ichimoku Cloud. What the heck is an Ichimoku Cloud? Is that like after you go to the restroom and it leaves something, you know, hovering in the air? I mean, what, what is that? Uh, that's is it dangerous? Comparison. I mean... <laughs> It's, it's very itchy. So the thing with um, 
trading is like, what's going to make you press that button to buy or sell? Is it like intuition? Is it uh, reading about what the coins do? Is it like stocks? Like whatever, like, I don't know, whatever it is for you. But for me, it was technical analysis, which is basically looking at the left side of the chart to predict the right side of the chart. And in technical analysis, there are different kinds of indicators and oscillators. And one of those indicators or overlays is called Ichimoku Cloud. It's got a lot of moving parts, but essentially it's just a bunch of moving averages that tell you when to buy, when to sell. It's got a checklist. Um, And that's sort of what I became known for, oddly. I don't know how it happened, but I kind of like brought it to crypto in some way because it just sort of took off after I started talking about it everywhere. You so Ichimoku. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just... I don't know if it's just because like I was talking about it all the time and people like saw it and wanted to learn more or honestly, I don't know. Or it's just like a good system for people uh, to learn and trade off. If you have a bad Uh, trade, you could just say Ichimoku made me do it. That's right. The scary part is uh, when I don't follow the cloud like I should, I lose more often. So like the cloud is more often right than wrong. And I just like the emotions get in the way of like trading it how I should be trading it. So it's it's really accurate, in my opinion, the way I use it for telling you when to buy and sell. So where do you go to see that? Are you are you building the charts out yourself based on the principles of this? What Ichimoku cloud are you talking? Where is that? Yeah, so um, there's this website called TradingView. It's free. You can sign up and you get access to this library of all these indicators. That's Ichimoku cloud is one of them. And you can adjust the settings and the colors and whatever, do whatever you want. But highly recommend everybody to get on TradingView if they are serious about learning how to trade. It's good to hear that the uh, the this uh, Ichimoku's on there. We've actually had uh, TradingView on the show before. So I'm Stan Bokoff. Yeah. I'm looking at the uh, where does it show under the uh, the markets and where is it on here that you find? Something like the technical idea, right? Or is it the ideas? So if you just go to TradingView and then like a random chart, mm-hmm. BTC USD. Yeah, so that in the middle where it says chart, uh, after you click home and then you just click on a chart, it'll take you to like a chart. Uh, <laughs> Some like to get jiggy with it. We get an itchy moku with it. That's right. <laughs> Very interesting. And so this right here is, is giving you pretty key indicators and you've had some some pretty good success with it. Now, I noticed on your Twitter, Carpe Noctum, your username is not Carpe Noctum. It says 33,000 by July 30th, 2018 Moku. Yeah. So $33,000. When did you make that prediction? And does that still hold? Uh, is that Are we going to see a big pop in the next like nine days? Yeah, uh, probably not. So that, that whole thing is like the story behind it. That starts with last year. Basically, the market participants, the newer market participants are generally uninformed about crypto or trading or whatever, um, not to like shit all over them, but is swearing okay, by the way? Hey, too late. It yeah. is. You just- okay. <laughs> hey, it's easier to ask for people in people in India will not like the podcast people there. Will. We're okay. Um, yeah. So there's people like asking like when target and like literally when, like give me a date and time. Um, so eventually I just got sick of it. I'm like, okay, you want a prediction? Like, here's my prediction. 33k by July. Uh, that was several months ago, based off of another indicator that has since failed a few months ago. At this point, uh, but I just left it as my name 
because there's no hiding that prediction. <laughs> so what do you, what do you think now? What's it going to take for Bitcoin to hit the next run? Uh, what's it going to take? Well, the- we need to talk to to make it run again. Because <laughs> John McAfee is not doing it, so you know who's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we need people to be interested in it again. But first, it needs to get super boring. So kind of like where we were this past couple of months here, where everybody's just writing it off for dead. It's really reminiscent. Well, not, every, not everybody. Well, I mean, yeah. clearly. Yeah, not everybody. You know. But it's very reminiscent of like 2015, 2014, when things were just falling off a cliff. And it was like, all right, like, there goes all my money. You know, we're like ranging in the two, three hundreds. And it uh, didn't look so hot for a long time. <laughs> um, so not from a price perspective, but from a like just sentiment perspective, uh, it feels very similar to that where we're just like bleeding day after day, going down, nothing's really going on. But people behind the scenes who know what they're doing are like building stuff and doing things, getting institutional people on board for custodial services, things like that, which is necessary for them to be a participant in a professional way of this market. Um, so that's doing things and building stuff. I like that. That's right. So that's a, that's a big step. That is it. Yeah. Yeah. Now the Ichimoku cloud, I, I, I was able to pull it up on the Bitcoin BTC USD. And then I was, and so basically what it is, it shows like what it has these two lines, whenever they cross each other, it creates a green zone or a red zone. Um, and is there, is there, how would you describe that? What is, what are those, what does the green zone and the red zone mean? Yeah, so when price is above the, the, it looks like a cloud, right? Like the green and the red zone. Mm-hmm. Just if it, if you don't think it does, just you know pretend. It does. Okay. It's cloudish. <laughs> so yeah, if it's above the cloud, it's bullish. That's that means it's the the trend thinks it's going up. If it's below the cloud, that means the trend thinks it's going down. Uh, if the cloud is green, that means it's a bullish future. If the cloud is red, that means it's a bearish future. And then. Mm. The lot, the other lines that you see, the they're called Tenkin and Kijun. You can just think of them as TK lines, some weird names. You just think of those as moving average type lines. So when the faster one crosses over the slower one, that tells you things are going up. When the slower one crosses over the faster one, that tells you things are going down. Um, so collectively, that system tells you that now's a good time to buy versus now's a good time to sell. If you guys want to go more in depth on this, on uh, Josh's YouTube channel, he's got um, Ichimoku, Ichimoku Cloud 101 and 102 videos, as well as a lot of other videos here. And maybe uh, we'll have uh, Aaron the Tech embed uh, the first one of those videos into the show notes at badco.in forward slash I don't know, because I don't know what episode number this is going to be in yet, but it'll be in the show notes. Uh, so let's talk, you know, a lot of people have not really done much trading, you know, they invest, they're going long, but new traders do fall into some traps. So what are some of the things that people need to be aware of to avoid so they don't lose their shirts? Sure. The big one was what I talked about earlier with uh, binary betting on everything you have uh, all the time. Like, like I have 10 BTC, I'm going to go long on margin on BitMEX. Um, and just kind of like shooting at a craps at a casino or something. I don't know. That's that's not trading, in my opinion. That's gambling or tomfoolery, whatever you want to call it. So the big thing is having risk management and learning risk management uh, early on. 
people like poker players are good at this if they're good poker players that's like primary number one thing uh the number two thing is most new traders are like i'm a trader i want to trade all the time i want to be trading i gotta be finding things to trade and really for the most part you gotta let the trades come to you they develop over time usually like my best trades are always things that i identify days or weeks in advance and wait like like I'm stalking prey and then I pull the trigger when it's time versus like being in a trade and hoping it goes my way. That's a giant, huge one. Cause I know a lot of people who are new, even me, like I always tried to be doing something. It's like, well, that doesn't really work because there aren't always advantageous trades to be made or clear things to do. So pa- patience is, like, is a big part of this. Yeah, for sure. Patience, uh, risk management, knowing that you're not like beholden to any one of these exchanges because they that's like a custodial risk. So when you're talking about like, where am I going to put my money? Um, you have to realize that all that these exchanges want to do is take money from you through fees. Uh, so you have to be not uh, loyal basically to any one of these exchanges. You know, I recommend that everybody just has an account everywhere. And when they see something that they want to trade, they move the money there and they make the trade versus just like letting it sit on the exchange. So we don't just rely on our feelings. Like I got a feeling that this is going to be really good here someday. Mr. Joel, come I have a feeling this is not a coin. I a Should I just put all my money in? Yeah. But get, get all the bad coin you could possibly accumulate so that you could say you have the most worthless token, uh, most quantity of the most worthless token on the face of the earth. That's get good. We are, that. we, are, well, that's, we are holders of that. That's another good point though, because people, you know, they've become part of the community. Like this is a meme. Like, you know, if you buy at the top, for instance, and you're holding this entire time, you're hoping that it goes higher. But at the same time, you're also like reading up on updates and like you're literally a part of the community, you know. Um, so you are emotionally like grounded or uh, connected to this coin in a way that sort of prevents you from thinking objectively. And I was guilty of that early on, especially with Bitcoin, you know, like, I think this is great. This is sound money. This is decentralized, permissionless, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, when you think it's going down, you should be selling. Um, so yeah, you, you can't let that yeah. cloud your judgment, you know, like some Bitcoin that you like, I like, like, for instance, I like Romano on Twitter, just some, I'm it's the best coin so via coin i'm gonna hold it he's great blah 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 like no you can't think like that if you want to make money you just have to be objective and cold and i hate all the coins unless you're making me money i hate you all exactly it's just it's just the chart it's just the coin like yeah i think bitcoin's great it's gonna go to a million one day but if i'm trading it different story yeah i have a question about that because it looked totally different my my yeah my question is like as i'm looking at the charts the one day charts back in December and January. And it looks like that the chart was just way above those clouds. Mm-hmm. Like it, the, the price was just way, 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 way. Like, like, well, like how, how did you play that? Because it seems to me like, Oh, it keeps going up. It's going up some more. It's going up more. Like, are you like doing a trailing stop or something or how, how, cause it looks like once it gets past a certain point, you're like, I don't even know what the hell's going on now. Cause it's just, going ridiculous and then it went all the way up and then it just fell off almost as quickly as it ran up how are how do how are you able to predict that because that was crazy yeah so in general of any like moving average type strategy um anytime price is way above or way below the moving average it wants to always like mean revert so it always wants to go back to 
the mean of whatever time span you're looking at. So anytime price gets like way above or way below the cloud, that's a signal to me that we're either overbought or oversold. So things, it says like the higher it goes, the less likely it is to go higher until things like chill out. It's a way of like checking yourself, uh, even like lately how we're just like, you know, that slow bleed dying on all these altcoins and whatever. At the same time, it's also getting super far away from all these averages, which tells me that things are oversold and that it's an okay time to buy, uh, just sort of go fishing, like buying lows or catching knives or whatever. So that's one way to say to yourself, like, okay, this is selling a lot, but at the same time, it's it's selling quicker than it should be selling based on these averages. That's arbitrary, I know, but that's just the way it is. You just said in, in passing that one day Bitcoin will hit a million. Do you believe that? I think it'll go higher than where it is now. <laughs> well, um, that's 7,000 is a long way from a million. <laughs> Well, in like in our lifetimes, it there's like some math out there somewhere where it's if it's a small percentage of like forex volume, it's it's gonna go to like six digits. So I don't. I mean, who knows, right? In my in my heart of hearts, do I think it'll be a million in my lifetime? Probably not. Do I think it'll be six figures in our lifetime? I think it will be. You think it's gonna take? It's gonna be it's gonna be thirty three thousand in like nine days. It's gonna take. (laughs) that long like uh, you know here's as somebody who does technical analysis we look at the run-up we had um you know up to january and if you you know go back to 2013 and the previous run-ups they were all just as dramatic but is it is it possible for there to be a run just as dramatic as bitcoin finds its base here because you know a year ago it was around 2000 and now we're, you know, as of this interview, a little over 7,000 or so. So, you know, if you invested a year ago, you're still up 350%. Is it possible that this next run takes us way beyond 20, you know, to 30, 40 or 50 before it does its next pullback? I think it's certainly possible. It gets much harder, though, the higher we go, just based on like volume and numbers and people with money. So I think it's generally thought of that the last bull run was based on retail volume, which is just normal everyday people sort of buying in on Coinbase or wherever, uh, Poloniex, Bittrex, Binance, whatever you want to call it. I think the next wave will be institutional in size as far as the money coming in, the money flow. Wouldn't that make it even more dramatic then? Because the amount of money we're talking about there is significantly bigger than retail. Right. So you... I, I'd like to think so, um, but at the same time, like the higher we go, the less Bitcoin can be bought with the same amount of money. So, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that works out. Like you, you'd think just using simple logic, like more money's coming in regardless, it's going to go to 50,000 or whatever, which is certainly possible. Could you be a time traveler and just tell us the future, please? Because, <laughs> you know, this maybe stuff is just kind of leaving me wanting more. Well, <laughs> this is where the whole the total meme comes from. Um, I mean, if you just look at deflationary assets plus increase in what's it called? Not interest, but uh, increase in demand. I mean, that's just like supply and demand, right? So if more people want something and there's less of it, it should go up in price. Where it's going to end up, I don't know. But Could you just maybe text me right before it goes Lambo? <laughs> After 2020 is when it's going to get super interesting. 
Right, because it's when it splits or when it right, when it, the halving happens again. Um, so again, that's just another supply shock where uh, just the supply goes way down as far as what's being created. Um, I really like that inflationary chart, but it shows like over time that we're just dropping off a cliff, basically, in, in inflation, which is good uh, for anybody holding or or hodling, as or we hodling. like to say. Even yeah. though it's, I guess, hodling is the proper way. I don't care. Damn <laughs> it. I'm going to hodl. You can do what you want. You're Mr. Joel Com. So I find this fascinating. Mr. Joel Com has been a nay-nay. He's been, he's poo-pooed all over technical uh, I analysis. I have not poo-pooed. I think, I think, That's listed as <laughs> fine if you do. I have I, not poo-pooed. You have poo-pooed no. all over well, you technical it up, analysis. Then. You said... <laughs> so I, i've been learning more about it right i because I, I find it fascinating right because it's a it's human emotion and ever since the days back in trading rice in japan when they came up with the mm-hmm. candlesticks right like the those emotion those things play mm-hmm. out over time more often than not it seems like it, that's like 300 years of that and so now it seems that crypto has become more not as volatile, I guess. It seems like the volatility, it's still volatile because you can have these huge like 20, 30% gains in one day. But like it, it seems like the emotions of the candlesticks seem to come into play more in technical analysis. And then, so that's kind of interesting how the candlesticks and this Ichimoku stuff is all come, all this stuff, this economic things come from Japan. It's yeah. Um, one quick thing about TA, just because I was on this podcast like one or two weeks ago talking to some guy who's like very anti TA, which is fine. Like, I don't care what you think about TA. If it makes me money, that's all that matters. And who doesn't love TA? <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Um, yeah. So, you know, you can, you can compare it to, um, anything you want, but at the end of the day, if it works for me, I'd like, that's all that matters. Um, and, uh, I would like, like to compare it to bacon. Okay. That's, that's fine. I like, and maybe I can learn to love TA. I don't know. <laughs> we are not financial advisors, but we are TNA analysts. There you go. Well, this is this is good stuff. Uh, Josh. Oh, we have a way too much. Yeah, I cut it out. Right? Uh, Josh Olzewicz, or I mean, his name is spelled O-L-S-Z-E-W-I-C-Z. It's one of those, you know, Eastern European names that nobody ever really knew how to pronounce. So it's like Olzewicz. Professional crypto trader. Hey, could you cut it out over there? Uh, He writes for bravenewcoin.com. You'll find some of his articles there. Check out his YouTube channel, Carpe Noctum. And all the links are in the show notes for this episode. Josh, thanks so much for coming and, uh, and, and braving your way through this interview today. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. And now we know what Ichimoku and the Ichimoku cloud are. I, I learned more about technical analysis here today. You know, I have now plugged that in on my trading view and looking at the Ichimoku cloud. It's very interesting. And, you know, from what he had mentioned and then some watching some of the videos, stuff that he had done, I was actually able to, you know, apply that and go, ah, over the last couple of days, it looked like Bitcoin I just popped into the cloud and I was like, man, if it keeps this trend going, it's we're on a nice little run here. So when we recorded this show with this interview right here, I think Bitcoin was right at around a little over seven grand. And so we interviewed him last week. And and then by looking at the Ichimoku cloud parameters that he had recommended to set up through his videos, 
I could see an entry point and it has Bitcoin has grown now a little over a thousand dollars since then and where we are right now it might be at a different price once this goes live but um, yeah pretty interesting I mean I've looked at it now and I see that it was relevant and so hopefully that relevance continues indeed well we glad we glad we glad you listen <laughs> we glad we glad we have words too yeah we we're so good at wordifying uh yeah so please follow share subscribe and leave a review for us so important that you do that and lets the algorithms know that hey uh, people who listen to the show and then it tells the rest of the world that there's a lot of crypto podcasts out there that you could choose from but there's only one bad crypto podcast could Kate Trev, could you see somebody else like coming along and you know doing a, a show that's irreverent and wacky mm-hmm. like us? Like well, I'm here, welcome from Romania. This is the Vlad Crypto Podcast. <laughs> we are both named Vlad. <laughs> Vlad, I'm, Vlad. I'm the Vladest one of them all. I am Vladder than you. You are not Vladder than me. I am the King Vlad. Listen, I am only one out there that can tell the world to stay Vlad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.